May 19th, uh, the week after the election in Kentucky, and you're back on another edition of Kentucky Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Trey Watson, joined as always by Abby Piper, Jared Smith. How you guys doing? Good, good. Doing great. Bum, no F1 races uh, week. Too much flooding in northern Italy, Trey. That's a shame. Yeah, I'm sure you're broken up. Got a lot of bets that are going to fall through with that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the TV stations are sad. They're going to be <laughs> short of money for a little bit. Yeah, not long. I wonder if, like, at the Kentucky Broadcast Association banquet this year, they're going to give Kelly Craft, like, a <laughs> special achievement award or something. Uh, she probably put some, uh, you know, station owner's kids through college. <laughs> All right, let's talk election. Um, we have our matchups set. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting, and I, this is not original. I stole this from Scott Jennings, but it's true. This is the first time that I can remember that we didn't have – Republicans didn't have at least one cl- uh, candidate in the uh, on a statewide ticket that was semi-embarrassing or that candidates, for one reason or the other, didn't want to be seen with. Mm. You go back last year, none of the down tickets want to be seen with Bevin. Yeah. You go back uh, – the election before that, Bevin was even kind of uh, if, iffy then, and you had the Knipper on there, which nobody was a huge fan of even back then. <laughs> Uh, let's see, at 11, you had uh, John uh, Kemper and Bill Johnson, who were crazy. Oh, I forgot all about Bill Johnson. You go back to 07. I watched Daniel Mondrado get in a screaming match with him outside of uh, the uh, <laughs> federal building here in Lexington. There you go. Uh, 07, you had, you know, that was all Fletcher's problems. Oh, yeah. Um, and then 03, it was... about Chandler? No, who was on the... It, it was Fletcher and Chandler. Yeah. Um... Uh, ticket wasn't terrible. It was just kind of mad down ticket other than Trey and Richie. Mm. And yeah, you know, so I mean, it's been a while since, since Republicans have fielded a ticket that everybody's you know relatively qualified for the offices they're running for, and and you know aren't like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a cookie for this? I mean, what, you know, this I should mean, be standard operating procedure. I mean, the Democrats haven't been too great at that either. You all usually have at least one job on the ballot somewhere. Usually an ag commissioner, so. <laughs> Bob, I remember Bob Farmer. That was a good one. You always have Jeff Young. Did you know? First of all, first of all no. <laughs> don't. Uh, no, like, can, we talk, can we talk about the lack of power that the Iranian Guard has and that Revolutionary Guard has in Kentucky? They should, and they should have farmed out to Hezbollah like they do everything else. Yeah. Hezbollah's got a track record of getting stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Hezbollah joke for the podcast. Uh, all right. But anyway, the election, I, I mean, you know, I think we spend, and I said this on, on Larry Glover on Wednesday, on my usual song there is, you know, I said, He's got a radio show. We got a podcast. We got reporters out there who have to produce content for the like year that the election goes on. And I feel like we get ourselves spun up about crap and forget Occam's Razor that the most likely mm-hmm. outcome is going to be the outcome. And I feel like that's, with the exception of Mark Metcalf, maybe um, that was probably what we saw on on Tuesday. You know, Daniel Cameron was probably always going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Show was always going to beat Richard Heath. Sure. Mike Adams was always going to beat the Two Nut Jobs. Uh, you know, oh, can we talk about his tweet? And we'll get. I want to get. Hats off. I want to give, I wanna give, I wanna give Mike amazing. a whole, a whole okay, segment okay. talking about his victory laps. But, incredible, um, <laughs> absolutely you know, incredible. I, I, I think that the end results of the election were they kind of were what we expected them to be. I think maybe if anybody was surprised, I certainly wasn't. And I took a victory lap with national reporters that I've been talking to with the fact that I told all of them that Kelly Craft was probably more than likely going to finish third, and she did. 
Um, I think a lot of prognosticators, just based on the money that was spent, thought that she would climb into second. Uh, I never, I never thought that that would happen. Um, kind of the way the campaign played out. I, I just, I think it kind of was what what we expected at the end. Hmm. Thoughts? Uh, well, it, it definitely debunked that last poll that came out. Sure, and uh, I'm not a. I, go ahead. No, no, which I thought was interesting. I guess my point was I was surprised by something. I was well, surprised at how strong Cameron was. Cameron, I was yes. going to say, the, Cam, the Cameron strength. had performed every poll. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, my point I've been making for months about uh, can you still win on grassroots or is just everything Trump and national, national related? I, I think you got to answer that. And I think it's if you got the Trump endorsement, you can overcome anything that's going on in the state. Do you think it was the Trump endorsement, really? Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not obviously a campaign um, person like you all are, but I was surprised that Quarles performed so well. Um, I obviously, you know, like Quarles and wanted him to do well, but I was surprised how well he did um, with the limited funds available. I was very shocked at, you know, there's always this thing that we hear, which is like money pays for elections, right? And for the amount of money spent by Kraft, you really would have thought she would have performed better. Her first ad was beautiful. Her last ad was beautiful. We've talked about that on the show before. Um, but as I was watching those poll results come in, I was struck by when her first ad came out, I showed it to my mom, who's a Democrat in Michigan. And my mom said, I'd vote for her. I mean, it was beautiful, right? Um, and so I just, some, something about that sort of struck me as, as surprising. Well, the, I mean, the pictures can be pretty if the messaging isn't, then. That's true. And, and the messaging was, you know, I, I think she lost that election two places. She lost it first by not going up as soon as the, as soon as the general election was over. She should have gone up. The general election in 2022 mm. ended on, on Tuesday. She should have gone up that Wednesday morning. And they, she went dark at some point, correct? Uh, very briefly back about February or so. Yeah. Three weeks she, maybe? She, 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 a lot. I mean, she went up. Point. She went up what? Was it December or January she went up? I think it was January. And, I mean, she basically gave Cameron and Corals two months to make up ground on her when she, when she could have blown him out of the water. And the other place she messed mm-hmm. up again, very early on, was her initial messaging should have been strong outside leader, got us out of NAFTA, save Kentucky jobs, work with President Trump to do it. That should have been her first ad, not not the empty table thing. Uh, and I think by the time that the da- by the time damage had been done, there was no re- there was no recovery. I think going up late, mm-hmm. later than she should have, and just the wrong message to start with. Sunk her, and, and there was there was no recovery from it. Empty table was the second ad, though. Just for clarification, was it second? Yeah, the first ad was it was her um, running in the in the backwoods. You remember that? Oh, well, uh, that She's out that, running that, in the country just, roads. That, that, but that was not on air. The first, the first. Oh, okay. Paid well, ad. fair enough. Fair for, enough. I'm, I'm talking paid ad. By You're talking okay. about the the introductory video. Yeah. See, I know wrong. nothing. Yeah. So. The, the, the first paid ad was was the empty table. Okay. I don't think I don't think she ever recovered from from that. I really don't. Yeah, and, and, and she didn't. I don't think she performed exceptional in debates. She only showed you, up to one. Well, where you could, where you can recover, and, you can recover in debates. And I, and I really believe that is, you can put that completely at the feet of her consultants who, who kept her away from them. If I were them, you I like would, you like their consultants, right? Yeah, <laughs> we will talk about Axiom. And, uh, somebody sent me a picture. I said live look of Jeff Rowe, and it's it's the screenshot from the Monorail episode of The Simpsons where he's on the he's on the plane with the, with, the, with the briefcases full of money leaving <laughs> yeah, town. The Monorail. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Mr. Burns buy and turn into a prison? No, that's the Opera House. Yes, yeah. I digress. I digress. Um, a for-profit I, yeah, prison. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was never, it, I think that people thought the money and she was kind of buying her way back into it, but at the end of the day, we, you know, and we can always Monday morning quarterback, but I think when, when you look sure. back at it with, with full with full awareness and eyes wide open, 
she she was never in it. She failed she failed straight out of the gate and just never never could recover from those early mistakes. Hmm. Um, and, and again, I, I think her biggest probably was was going two months without being on air. I would have gone up very early and just blown everyone else out of the water, not ever give them a chance to catch up to me. And you know what's funny? At the end of the day, you talk about money. Coral's actually outspent Cameron on TV. Really? Now, Cameron also had two point something million dollars in the super bag that came okay. in behind him. Coral's had Todd People's thing that's been like forty grand, but um, but the campaigns, campaign to campaign, Coral's actually outspent Daniel on TV by about fifty grand. So, well, I think Cameron will be a, a, a great candidate. I'm, I'm actually very excited about this. You know, like I've said on here before, he's an incredible orator. He really knows his stuff. He understands policy. He understands how government works. So, I think he's going to be a great candidate. I'm interested to see who he chooses for his lieutenant governor, but. How long does he have to choose that? So uh, August sixth right? or eighth. Yeah. Okay, like so there's time. It's after. It's the week after Fancy Farms got to take it. So we'll know at Fancy Farms. Yeah. Is it malpractice if he doesn't take quarrels? Mm. No. Uh, you I know, would, I don't know if I'd take it if I was quarrels. That that wasn't the question. <laughs> does uh, he offer it? I think it's at least got to be offered. Okay. But then, does it make him look weak if he gets turned down? That, that's the whole discussion. And now, I will say this. This will be the most, and we're going to talk about it longer than I would like us to, but, you know, it's, this is a show that we talk about politics, so we got to fill time somehow. <laughs> I think it is the least consequential decision that will be made this entire campaign. The How dare you? It is the most consequential decision. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor of the state is worthless. It's a position. It, uh, your own, literally, your only job requirement is to have a pulse. Correct. And the only job, your only job duty is to have a pulse. <laughs> and we have a long track record of lieutenant governors and governors not getting along with each other. Um, it's just, it's 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 worthless. Now, I do have pulled up some quotes. He's about the vice presidency, but I think they're even more, I think they're even more descriptive of the Kentucky lieutenant governorship. Because at least vice president, you're president of the Senate. You have to, like, cast a vote. Yeah, uh, and you get to travel. Uh, so, I have a different opinion on this, but let's hear these quotes. Uh, here, here's a, you, know, you can't start off with the best one. <laughs> Go read Teddy Roosevelt's. Uh, yeah, we can start for Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, hold on one second. Let me pull it back up here. Way to be prepared. Uh, Way to be prepared. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt once said, I would I would a great deal rather be anything, say, professor of history than vice president. That's from Teddy Roosevelt. That's Teddy Roosevelt. Who was vice president? <laughs> uh, Nelson Rockefeller, another vice president. I go to funerals. I go, I go to, to earthquakes. earthquakes. <laughs> uh, well, let's read Al Gore's real quick. <laughs> Oh, D- Daniel Webster. Oh, that's the best one. I <laughs> Daniel Webster turned it down. He said, "I do not propose to be buried until I am dead." <laughs> that's a pretty apt description of his office. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Al Gore, of course, did say, "I have no interest in it." Might very well turn it down, indeed, and probably would. Of course, he then accepted it. So. Liar. Uh, but yeah, probably the best though is yep. uh, John N- John Nance Gardner. Uh, to Linda Johnson, I tell you, Linda, the vice president, vice presidency isn't worth a pitcher of warm spit. So descriptive. Uh, <laughs> I just I, I, now I do think there's some value if you've got. No, you don't get to take my counter argument. You can't have well, both sides of the argument. Well, uh, let me uh, give me a counter argument, and then I'll, I'll see if <laughs> I you can debunk that too. The counter argument is if you want to be governor more than anything in the world, and you're lieutenant governor, and your deal is I'm going to spend the next four to eight years. Running for governor out of lieutenant governor's office, I think that has value. I think that has that has purpose, and I think that that is actually is why it makes sense for people to be be an LG. I mean, there there is a Monjardo did it so he could run for U.S. Senate. There is a plus to the LG, which is like the bad part about an LG is you have no job responsibility, which means you're irrelevant. 
The good part about LG is you have no job responsibility, which means you can create your own portfolio. Correct. The problem is because there's nothing that's naturally a part of your portfolio, you start with literally nothing. Mm. You have to be incredibly disciplined and have an incredibly disciplined staff around you to build that portfolio and to stay focused on it because there's nothing to naturally bring you back to anything because Mm -hmm. there's nothing there. But it's hard when the staff's controlled by the governor's office, usually. Yeah. So. Well, and Lieutenant Governor Coleman has done that. You know, she's very, very much well, so. Well, she's done a that. cabinet secretary. She, she gave her a job. Well, yeah. she's no longer cabinet secretary, but. Oh, that's right. Now, I will say this, you know, it's, it's interesting. In Virginia, when Bob McDonald was attorney general and Bill Bowling was lieutenant governor, of course, Virginia is one term governor. Yeah, that's, they have and, one term office. Yeah, so and, and but, but you can secede yourself for, lower, for, for uh, lieutenant governor and attorney general. So they basically like Rochambeau for who's going to get to run for governor. McDonald <laughs> won, and part of the agreement was I'm going to I'm, I'm going to make you like you you run for re-election as LG. I'm going to make you like the job czar and the economic development czar, and you're going to have all this all this stuff that you can then run for governor on in four years. Well, before that, Bill Bowling was the guy who was if there was two Republicans gathered, the third was Bill Bowling. He was he was everywhere at every local party meeting and picnic and. Brunch and you know he was everywhere. Well, now he's he's got these responsibilities that have him tied down to Richmond, and he's serving on this board and chairing this task force and da 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 da. Well, guess what? Ken Cuccinelli was attorney general. He's not a guy where everywhere there's two mm-hmm. Republicans gathered. Ken Cuccinelli's there, and you know, flash forward to the to the nomination process uh, three and a half years later, and Cuccinelli is able to use the grassroots network he's built up to convince the. Uh, the state party, the executive committee, to change the method of nomination from a primary to a convention, and Bowling didn't even didn't even run at the convention because he knew he couldn't beat Cuccinelli. So, hmm. Cuc- so you're Bo- telling Bowling, me the Bo- Virginia AG did a lot of work in his office. It, <laughs> bowling being the Bowling being tied down with a portfolio in in Richmond cost him the governorship. So hmm. you know, if you're lieutenant governor, you really gotta like. I, w- I wouldn't want responsibility. Yeah, but they changed the law. I mean, they, so I don't know if that being LG cost mm. him. If I would rather have like no, so, no, 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 the law didn't get changed. I mean, the, the, the party, whatever. But the, but he the was able, but, but the he role has But he was able to engineer that because of the grassroots network he had built up, and he was able to convince the the, the oh, executive he, committee members because okay. it's the same executive committee who who decides it. Yeah. So he used all the new friends he made while bowling was absentee in Richmond, running tra- you know job task forces yeah. to to undermine what bowling had built. So I just I, I, I lieutenant governor a unless the only way that you matter as lieutenant governor is if you can stroke a big check. Like I, I show show me anyone who was not already inclined to vote for Amy Bashir, who was like, well, I was going to vote for Matt Bevin, and then they added Jacqueline Coleman to the ticket. Well, that was Those the point of that was the point of Gil Holland on the uh, Adam Edelin campaign, yeah. I think. Um, but you know, I think a, a better position if you're if you're angling for something like that is what Bevin did with Hal Heiner, which is make him Secretary of Education yeah. and, and Workforce, and gave him it gave him a good spot to to push and advance his own you know his own issues. Yeah. So you know, way, way too early. Who's going to be? If you made me bet right now, Julie Rocky Adams, maybe. But, Too but, but, but well, that, well, that's the thing. I, Pete, I've heard the argument that, well, Daniel Kim is not really from Louisville. He's from Hardin County. But what I would say is out in the state, people think he's Louisville. Right. Abby? I, I don't. I, I, I'm I, not. I, I, I don't have any idea. I think, just pick. You may be right. I think it would be a woman if I'm. Okay. I, I would I would choose a woman if I were in that Adrian's. Spot. 
No, I don't think I would choose. <laughs> Savannah Maddox. Um, I, so, I say that in seriousness. I, I don't think that would be completely out of line. I mean, she, there is a growing faction of Liberty candidates, and she could certainly clean up in the North and um, even you know North it's, Central. Especially considering if you're like a Liberty person, mm-hmm. there's not really a candidate for you to get excited about on this ticket. I think there needs yeah. to be an old guard Republican, and so I think it'd be somebody like David Mead, some way out of the old Fifth. But he has less power by doing. Again, I just, I just don't. That's true. I mean, how serious about you? Got to take somebody who has no power now, so they don't miss having power. I have such a negative view both on the office and of the effect of that candidate of the the candidate on the actual ticket in the the end vote. I think it's most. I think the most important thing is Daniel just goes out and finds somebody he likes, he gets along with. They're gonna spend a lot of time together on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want to be. You don't want somebody who you're gonna argue with about messaging and about. Campaign tactics. I think it's far more important. Throw, throw the gender, regionality, all that stuff out the window. Unless it's somebody who can, who's going to stroke a five million dollar check to campaign tomorrow to, mm-hmm. to refill the coffers. I think it's more important that he has somebody he's comfortable with, that he's got a shared vision of campaign wise. I mean, shared vision of the state doesn't matter because the lieutenant governor they can't do anything about. It. Anyways, mm-hmm. shared vision of the campaign, what the campaign's going to look like, what the message is going to be, and somebody who he feels like he can have a, a positive relationship with. So I would say, just based on the last two elections, it's uh, for governor. It's you got to have somebody from Northern Kentucky, but that might not be true in this case. Northern Kentucky doesn't vote in any any large numbers. There's something in their water up there. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's called Ohio News. Well, Bevan, <laughs> Bevan lost re-election from Northern Kentucky. Well, yeah, because he advocated for well, totally that's different a whole other thing. I understand. Two days before the he, election, he, he, but he, he also, chose that because he, also, he was from. He also lost. From, he also lost from Warren County. That's because right. he picked a shit fight with Mike Buchanan about certificate of need for ambulance services. So well, that's I thought it was because he switched LGs. No, it had, had to do with the ambulance service fight. Um, but let's talk about the rest of the ticket. Uh, Mike Adams mentioned uh, he just he, nobody had more fun on Twitter election night than Mike <laughs> Adams. Just you got to go look at it if you haven't taunting, seen it. Folks. Taunting his opponents. Just, try to pull I, it I didn't know he was capable of so much swag. Especially, no especially Steve Nipper, who is still claiming that <laughs> even though they didn't win, uh, and his, his tweet though makes it sound like he did win. He said, "We look forward to working with our partners to, to to bring more transparency to Kentucky elections." Dude, what is? First of all, all right, let's follow Steve Nipper's recent electoral history. Do we have to. Oh yeah, <laughs> do we have so, to? So so lose lose primary to Mike Adams. Well, of course, lose general election to Allison Grimes. Yeah. Lose primary to Mike Adams. Finished 12 out of 13 to barely get elected to the Erlanger City Council. Finished 13 out of 13 to get voted off the Erlanger City Council. <laughs> and then get less than a quarter of the vote in his third Secretary of State run uh, in, in the primary. I, it's, just, it's not good. Um, I, I think he should probably pick another another venue for his energy. And this, like... I think the people have spoken. Yeah. Adam, um, do you have a tweet? I'm pulling it up right now. Is this the one about the, the victory... It's basically where he says, I'd like to thank my opponents for um, for going after each other. Yeah, for attacking each other. But yeah, I also like the one where he, he, he said, uh, so, uh, I, I expect two phone, or I'm looking for two phone calls from my opponent tonight. <laughs> the concession call from 2019. Yeah, that one's great. Tonight. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, if Abby finds it, we'll read it. But, you know, Mike Adams. It's worth your time to go find it on it, Twitter. It has a surprisingly it, active Twitter. I'm still scrolling. He, no, he is. And here's the thing. I, like, that was an important win because it it he it, he didn't just squeak by like 
Oh man, there was two. There was if it, if there was only one of them running, Mike would no. He he won no, yeah. both of them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important in a state where that Emerson College poll said seventy nine percent of Kentuckians or seventy three percent of Kentuckians doubt the legitimacy of of Joe Biden's win. That we roundly rejected to elect, election conspiracy theorists. That I, I think that's that's a, that's an important state. Um, and now that's probably also the Democrats' strongest down ticket candidate. Is Buddy Wheatley? Mm-hmm. So you know that that's probably going to be a race to watch. Um, although Wheatley, his his speech election night was nonsensical. Like, and I'm going to do more to expand elections because Mike Adams is so like, dude, he's done more to advance uh, uh, election voting rights and expand voting in the last four years than any Secretary of State in the last fifty years in Kentucky. Like, if if Wheatley's going to try to run on that leg, that. Mike Adams is somehow disenfranchising people. He's he's going to have we just have a hard a hard road to hoe there. Yeah. yeah, I think Allison Ball will have an interesting race with Kim Reader. Uh, she's raised a bunch of money. She's a except for Allison Ball's been the highest vote getter like five statewide elections in a row. She's a tax attorney. <laughs> I don't know how Allison Ball is the highest vote getter. What what is this, every every election? What does the state treasurer do? Uh, they manage unclaimed property. That's, okay, and they sit on the. Pension, well, at least one of the pension boards. That's right, and then everything else the is done. Board. Everything okay. else is done by the finance cabinet. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, where's John Larson at? <laughs> Let's get rid of the office. I actually heard some people uh, election day who told me that they were voting for Andrew Cooper Ryder because they hoped that he that he would make the office so objectionable that the legislature <laughs> would finally move to get rid of it. That's amazing. It shouldn't exist. So uh, we, we talk about that one. Mark Metcalf wins as, as predicted on this podcast. Correct. And actually, Nick Storm gave me credit on the uh, Spectrum News apparently. Nice. Uh, for 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 cluing him in on it. Um, and it, I mean, it wasn't even close. Metcalf was over fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, OJ, like a finish. I didn't think he finished third. I didn't think so either. And here's what I think happened to a large degree. I think you know Cooper Ryder had never defined himself, but he defined Aleka. Aleka couldn't define himself. So you had voters who said. Well, that OJ Leka is not a real Republican. I don't like him. And screw the guy who told me he's not a real Republican. I don't like that either. <laughs> then they voted for Mark Metcalf. I think, I think that's a lot. Plus, Metcalf was one of those, those 15 second ads where you could buy and call him and, and ran a lot of pieces. Yeah, and uh, actually, I uh, looked up Metcalf, uh, his background. I was just kind of impressed. You know, the guy's done some real stuff. Hey, and this is a guy, speak, speaking, of, speaking of, we don't have, we don't have many nut jobs on the, on the ticket. He said, KET, I'm a Bush Republican. <laughs> in this day and age, he, got, he won a primary. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Just put, put an exclamation point behind his name. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> um, Russell Coleman didn't have, an, uh, didn't have an opponent, so it's him or Pam Stevenson. Um, and Jonathan Shell beat Richard Heath. I don't think anything That was, one, that was got, closer than I thought it would that be. That one got nasty at the end. It did. It did get nasty. Uh Will yeah. somebody else have the courage to run an ad about cow farts? Here's what I love about it is that Jonathan Shell attacked Richard Heath over the same in, in 2015. Richard Heath was attacking Quarles for voting with Shell on a bill that Shell then attacked Heath yep. over this time, which is just kind of kind of amusing there. Yes, yes. yes. Um, am I leaving out an election? I feel like I'm missing one. I think we got them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about house ball, so. The, you know, it's it's we're, we're set for the general election. I, I really believe the Democrats did a good job of assembling a team of surrogates for Andy Bashir. They did not do a good job of assembling 
18 went down, taking candidates to get well, to get well elections. And now, I'm pretty sure that was the intent. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think they have a shot in mm-hmm. the elections. I think the whole goal is just to hang, hang on any of this year. So, you know, kudos to them for that one. Um, I don't know that any of the, of the Democrats down taking candidates have a shot at winning. So, I'm, you know, I'm not really spending a ton of time talking about it. We can we get further down the line towards the election? It makes news. We'll talk. I mean, yeah, and, and maybe Fancy Farm time. We'll, we'll kind of talk about the candidates. Are we going to Fancy Farm? Are they able to, I, I, I saved it in my calendar. No, I, well, okay. I, go, I go every year. but uh, okay. well, except, Unless I get COVID like I did last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that's, I was talking to Renee Shaw about maybe doing something. Hopefully, we can. That'd be cool. And I, and I told her. I did it last year. It was fun. When I told I told Renee that we were going to do uh, that we we're going to do a live podcast mm-hmm. uh, from the grounds and and suggested maybe she could swing by. Yeah. But love, Renee, so, if you listen, love to have you. She did say she listens from time to time. Excellent. Oh. Um. By the last election, I was funny because I'm sitting with Steve Voss. We we're in the in the, the one of the conference rooms over at WTBQ where when we were listening to KYT because you know, I won't do that instead of watch like. How many freaking shows does Steve Harvey have on primetime on ABC? <laughs> like, first of all, Family Feud's hilarious. But Steve Harvey's got a got a judge show. What? Like, like, he's oh, like, don't, don't tell Abby that. Like, happened. Judge, Maybe you watch it. Like Judge Steve no. Harvey. No. What? Yeah. Like Judge Judy? Yeah. Nobody can outdo a Judge Judy. But, so I'm anyway, sorry. rather than watch those, we we're watching uh, uh, KET, and I thought it was funny because first Renee uh, quoted me on something and asked the panel about it. Then I'll cross quote me on something and ask about, and then Renee threw to Trey Grayson and said, "All right, Trey Watson. I mean, I mean Grayson. I mean Watson. I mean, I mean this Trey." <laughs> so I mean, I got, I got more, I got more name mining on KT election night than something. I did I think it was great. So, but yeah, Renee, if you're if you're, if you're listening, uh, we'd love for you to stop by and maybe maybe sit in for a second of the podcast. Um, and if anybody wants to be a guest host. Uh, Sliding our DMs. Yeah. Um, I'm Talking ho- to you, John Boehner. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. I'm hoping maybe next week, uh, Quarles' campaign manager, my former deputy, Jake Cox, will be swing by the video. Yeah. Um, Can we relive our great 2015 Twitter fight that me, you, and Jake had? I don't even, it wouldn't have been 15, would it have been? 16, maybe? maybe 16. No, it was 15, because I told y'all Bevor was going to get beat, and y'all got mad. Yeah. But I just Something tells me uh, Trey's been a lot more Twitter fights than you have, and he yeah, does not remember that specific I mean, fight. I only remember the ones if I if I'm if I make like front page news for <laughs> certain Trump tweets that insult people's daughters, or get, get called out on the state house floor. Yeah, get caught on the state house floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Uh, Andy Bashir is, uh, you know. It, hey, everybody! <laughs> do you enjoy your rest of political commercials? Yeah, Andy Bashir. <laughs> Has some more stuff for you. Andy he is up on the air. Andy Bashir's got money banked and he's spending it. And you know, in the ad, uh, I, I think if we if it, if we come to find out that Andy Bashir actually had an affair with the hairdresser who Jacqueline Cohen helped get unemployment, then we'll know he's gone full Bill Clinton. But he's he's, he's close to full Bill Clinton. He's heavy. <laughs> I feel your pain, Kentucky. Like heavy Clinton yeah. here. Um, to be fair, that's a compliment in my book. So oh. I, let me tell you, my, my dad used to hang out with him whenever they would go to whenever the, the Red Man Country concert series would go to Little Rock. They always <laughs> left uh, backstage passes for Clinton and his entourage. Excellent. And by the way, there's, my dad said there's always two people who are backstage at every Little Rock show: uh, Bill Clinton and Sweet Sweet Connie. You know, from the, from the grandfather Railroad song, Sweet Sweet County from Little Rock to the world famous Ruby. I uh, can't imagine Bill Clinton hanging out backstage at music events. But my dad says when he was governor, but he went to Molly Cruz. My, 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 dad, my dad said he said he said I have never seen anyone. You could look like Brad Pitt. You could look like nothing. I have never seen anyone work a room with, oh, yeah. with women like Bill Clinton. He said the guy was just there was like. 
magnetism to him. He, he said the guy was just so he he is the slickest worker of women that he's ever seen. <laughs> Does he bring his saxophone backstage? That's country shit. So probably not. Mm. Maybe he's got a banjo too. I don't know. Maybe we can have saxophone and country music. Maybe that can save the travesty that it's I like hear these some days. Sort of like weird Bruce Springsteen yeah. is country. Now we're talking. <laughs> well, you know, Dolly's got a rock album coming out. I know. Good for her. So, well, this was uh, a rabbit hole. But anyway. anyway well, Miley Cyrus has her Metallica cover out, so yeah. that she'll do country here soon. Andy Bashir's got, Andy Bashir's got a TV ad. It, it, it is what you think it is. Yeah. Well, I, the segue from Miley Cyrus yeah. to Andy Bashir you just pulled off was amazing. <laughs> We've had trouble. We had disasters. I'm here in a church that got blown down. Let's, you know, team Kentucky, rah, rah, rah. So... No, it, it is what it is. I don't know if there's a lot to talk about on it, Jared. It's almost as boring as that uh, portrait that came out. Well, we, we get to that next. <laughs> no, I mean, this, but this is what the governor's going to run on, right? He's going to run on what he's done yeah. while he was in office. Um, you know, the question is, what can the Republicans really beat him up on besides pandemic closings, which everybody was doing. Well, but the school the school thing is different because we went we waited so long after other states to open. And I, I do think that there is a string. Now it's gonna take money to do it. It's gonna take discipline, which is if there's one thing that Daniel Cameron has, it's message discipline. Mm-hmm. He learned that from Mitch McConnell. And I do think that that you could you can sink into people's consciousness an argument on any this year of listen, you may like you may like you may think he's a good guy. But he doesn't have control over what's going. He either doesn't have control over what's going on, or he doesn't know what to do when tough decisions have to be made. You have the, they waited way too long to close the schools. They seem paralyzed by fear to reopen them. California, New York, open for us. You have uh, the thing with with removing bull, bulldozing the homes in East Kentucky and, and removing the debris along with people with people's with people's, yeah. Uh, but that's stuff that a lot of the regular voter well, but, won't grasp or won't. Well, but I mean, here, here's my thing. So you got that. You got you got unemployment. The, you got the unemployment insurance debacle. You had the juvenile justice debacle. Uh, there's a couple other things where you you can. But you a lot can, of that stuff is stuff that happens in every governor's administration. All well, 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 yeah, but again, I mean, you're the CEO of you know fifty thousand people. Well, but but again, it's if you have message discipline and the money to spend on it, I think you can make a a you can make a case where you tie it all together into one one bow. If you may like him, but he's just not a good leader. We need somebody different. Yeah, but I, know, I don't know. I just think looking at the crowd that he had in Paducah this morning was really actually impressed me. Uh, and you know, he's on his bus tour right now, and so I just—he's already on a bus tour. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I just think and I think Andy's been waiting for this. I think he's been chopping at the bit to to get out and do this to to uh, stand up and defend his record. Uh, and he, he's doing so. And I think he's he's you know he's stronger than I thought he was going to be at this point. And I think there is some Teflon in him when they start throwing stuff at him because people will remember what he did in the tornadoes and the floods. Uh, one thing I do like is, and this honestly just due to age, maybe the last uh, war slash proxy war between McConnell and Steve Bashir. Yeah. And usually McConnell's gotten the best to Steve. Well, but, Steve but Steve is one of the sharpest guys in the room when it comes to politics. Somebody period. tweeted, this is the 15th year that will be a Bashir on a statewide ballot. Yeah. Uh, it's our 15th election. Yeah. So when you include primary elections, general elections, mm-hmm. it'll be the 15th uh, election where there's been a, a, a Bashir on a ballot in Kentucky. I think Andy should have to be an LG first. I think Steve was an LG before he was governor. Andy was AG. Yeah, well, Andy was AG. So. Yeah, but Steve was AG too. Yeah. So, so yeah, 15 elections is a lot. It is. Uh, I think it's going to be a good race. I think um, I think Andy starts off as a favorite. I, I heard, I've heard the initial polling is extremely tight, but Andy is still in the, above 60% in approval ratings. So... 
one thing besides the proxy war between Mitch and Steve, the other thing I want to see, Mitch and Steve, like they're my best friends. I mean, I worked for one of them. Rose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, is the, um, how far off that, that popularity, that 62, 63%, and then what he pulls at head to head. Is that going to be like 44, 45? I want to see whatever that delta is. Cause that, to watch that delta throughout the cycle will be very interesting. About yeah. Cause some I mean, people need to remember. Mitch McConnell routinely polls at twenty percent popularity the day before he wins an election by thirty points. Correct. Right. You know, right. I, and I, I, I scream every every time that morning comes up poll comes out. I tweet <laughs> literally once a quarter. I tweet just a reminder: approval ratings are not re-elect polls. <laughs> well, you know, but to, but to Trey's point, you know. Um, a lot of the things that you've just referenced, Jared, are things that really the legislature provided for. And as long as they continue, um, you know, as long as they continue to, to bring that forth and that stays consistent in that messaging and local, um, you know, House and Senate members will be happy to back that up. I think that that is something that can be used. So to me, that'd be the third biggest thing to see is can Cameron and them make the Trey show me his gambling winnings? Just want to pick four Pimlico votes. There you go. <laughs> um, can the Democrat, the Republican, can Cameron? Make the case strong enough, since Andy's already started saying the economy's on fire, it's because of me, it's because of Ford. You know, can they make the argument that no, it's not? It's because of the actions of the legislature. legislature. And so, but that takes a lot of money and message discipline to well, burn. The good news is, is that Daniel Cameron has message discipline, and there will be no lack of money spent on this election True. Through, either through the campaign or the independent groups. There will be a lot of independent groups here. There'll be some, if any independent groups out there would like a super PAC that's not affiliated with anybody else to spend money through, uh, the Common Sense Kentucky PAC is, is open and uh, accepting donations. I don't think I'll help you on that one, Trey. I think I'll let you do that. <laughs> if anybody saying. else needs uh, on the other side. Uh... <laughs> we, we should just like each set one up and <laughs> we, like, share a bank account. Just like, oh no, hey, the other, the other one's spending more money. You, you need to give to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last state level story. Well, I mean, well, before we leave the elections, I, I know uh, Abby wanted to talk a little bit about price for vote. Price for vote. Oh yeah, um, I just think which, it's interesting. Which, if you now, I'm not including the super packs on this. You should do it. Um, include them. Well, super packs. Well, both. Actually, no. Sorry, I didn't include super packs. When I ran this, yeah, because your number is higher than mine. In, in, including yeah. including the super packs. Um, well, no, the craft number. I I assumed what was going to be. Oh, you're doing the post the post election. Yeah, reports. so yeah. you know we we still there's going to be a 15 day post, 30 day post. So, so all the numbers aren't fully in yet. Craft is going to end up between 230 to 250 dollars price per vote, which is obscene. I've never heard a number that high. I mean, I think Billy Harper and and 07, we were like 130 bucks uh, price per vote, and. and I mean, that, usually that when high. you get up around the 80s, yeah. that you're like, eh, over 100, like, eh. So we, Billy spent uh, about 6.3 and was, they got 13 and a half percent. What was Quarles? Um, well, Quarles about Quarles 19? It was, was 20? yeah, right around 19. I think it was 1985. And that's before the, the next reports, which will show more spending. Yeah. Um, Cameron so, will be a higher than that. Cameron, sure. Cameron was around 26, I think. Okay. What, what I with, with Is that normal? Effects. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, I think depending anything under fifties shows so, shows real strength. Price per vote is a I, I'd never heard that phrase until Jared said it, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that because of course I'm, I've never worked a campaign. So um, when that came out, and I started really looking at the numbers, it was shocking to me. Uh, I just thought it was worth kind of digging into. I'll be interested to see what those thirty day. Uh, yeah, so basically, if anybody's say, really curious, you know, basically Ron Coral spent twenty dollars for every vote he received. Yeah, whereas Kelly Craft spent. North of two hundred dollars for every vote she received, and so hmm. you can tell who has the stronger uh, 
following. So, spe- speaking of which, uh, Decision Desk HQ, if you go to their Twitter feed, they have a link to an article that's kind of interesting that, that paired through the election results and found that in the counties that Ryan Quarles was endorsed by the county judge, he performed over 4% better than he did in, in, in other counties. So kind of, yeah, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about what is... what is. I asked, asked earlier in the, in the season to, to quantify what yeah. a local official, elected official's uh, worth is in an endorsement. So, so. It, may, it may be, you know, you may be looking four to five percent bump for... Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it's high as, it would be as high for magistrates, but for a county judge. Yeah, I mean, it depends how popular county judge yeah. is also. So, but, yeah. but, you know, it's four to five percent, which is, you know, I think it's, it's, it's good. It's well, in a lot of those counties, too, the uh, House member, uh, or you know, people who had served with Corals yeah. had endorsed him as well. Um, let's talk about one last thing to get to. Danny Carroll has an op-ed out in the Marksdale newspaper calling for, it's something we've talked about before on the podcast, calling for an end to the moratorium on building nuclear power plants in Kentucky. I think especially paired with the Biden uh, proposal from the EPA that we talked about last week. That's not a, a real thing. Yeah, that's, that's not a real thing. But, uh, I, I mean, it's clear that there's a push in that direction, though. Oh, yeah. We're I mean, going to have to replace it with something. So, I, you know, kudos to Danny Carroll for... Uh, starting to back and push towards any uh, nuclear moratorium in Kentucky, and Jared Smith and Dana Carroll agree that should scare people, or yeah. it should be policy. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this this is the time where I point out that the grid did not win a Pulitzer over the last week. Ah, oh. great book though. Still, what's, read your, it. what's your book recommendation for next week? For this week, uh, I just finished um, Weapons of Mass Delusion. It's pretty, it's pretty enlightening. A lot of uh, really nice um, back behind the scenes. Interviews and and a lot of details we didn't know about January sixth, but you know, who's on the cover of that? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, which segues, there's a couple of folks. Which segues into Jared. Listen, never theme music yet. He's back just when you thought he's gone for another week. He comes out exquisitely dressed to the nines. Survives a a vote to throw him out of Congress. And then gets yelled at on the steps. <laughs> yes, we have a George Santos update yet again. Yes. Two items this week. I guess three items this week. All right, first of all, he pled guilty to the check guiding charges in Brazil. <laughs> so that he did not have to go to Brazil to actually face charges. So he pled to that. And I guess. My man's writing cold checks in Brazil, assumably dressed in drag, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where he was drag queen. It would have been that, during that time period, yes. He had My man's passing cold checks in drag. Six years. Love it. So he pled, pled to that, and I guess he's got to make restitution. Uh, as Jared mentioned, he did survive a vote to oust him. Although, you know, I think that I think that McCarthy's doing probably doing the right thing. It's what we've seen both Republican and Democrat speakers do, which is get it get the ball rolling, have the thing sit in ethics, and basically the day after the conviction is is final, then you expel him. Right. I, I do think you know it's harder to do, and you probably you probably owe it to the justice system to wait for the. I mean, unless, like, you know, he was found standing there with the knife over the corpse, you know, you probably, you, you need to go through the proper process, which is probably where we're at. And we do have a new Santos scandal. It just was recently revealed that he was running a Republican fundraising firm, and he was taking money from clients, a state senator uh, candidate in New York, and the woman that ran against AOC, both have said they paid him a lot of money and got zero work back. Yeah, one guy, a state senator, gave him fourteen grand, and like was like, ah, I can't pay you anymore because you're not doing anything. Yeah. So uh, Santos. So it's, it's, so it's, let's see. We got uh, stealing money from dead dogs charities, writing cold checks in Brazil. There's a else? veteran thing, went there. Yeah, that was the, that, that was the veteran. The veterans. It was the, the dog. The, okay. the dog. Um. Oh, I mean, uh, all uh, the other uh, lies, uh, right? Insurance. Oh, my man took a took a uh, salary and also took unemployment. 
Like, and, then, when, and now we have, I don't know if you saw yesterday the video video on the steps of the Capitol during a press gaggle, Santos is talking, and uh, Representative Bowen from New York comes up behind him. And I do think Bowen... He, you know what he did? He pulled a bright heart. Yeah. I, I, mean, I do think he was, he was not like, he's up behind him just screaming at him. You need to resign. You're an embarrassment. He Go just up. said you got to go. He's asking him to move on down the steps. Bowman is asking him to move on down if, the steps, if, into the taxi, if, to the airport. If Santos actually said, like, I, I'm sorry, we're going to have to end this press gag. Oh, there's a crazy person yelling at me back here. And he walked off. And so Santos walks off. Marjorie Taylor Green steps out of the picture. Always at the ready. Proceeds, <laughs> proceeds to get the screening. She's got like a spidey sense. Yeah. She's like there. <laughs> there's a Democrat yelling. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a fight between Bowman and, and Marshall Green on the steps of the Capitol. Just, I think AOC got some words in there too. Did she? Oh, I didn't see that. What? Hmm. I don't know. I think AOC and Marjorie Taylor Green should have a televised debate. I, I on pay per view, and I pay money to watch WrestleMania Thirty. I was just gonna say it's gonna be wrestling. It's got you can't. Just, I wasn't gonna objectify women and put them in spandex and have them wrestle. I they didn't say anything about suits. spandex. <laughs> <laughs> have Hillary referee they're <laughs> <laughs> fancy oh um, she's from the Bronx she's a bartender she's gonna whip her ass <laughs> uh, Diane Feinstein less fun news Diane Feinstein oh, um, has been telling people like I don't know what you mean I was gone I've been making all these votes she like, had she literally and, and she's not it looks like, like lying. She, it she looks does like she not know caught. that she looks was like gone. She got caught in a period of time where she forgot and, and what, a, a significant portion. Two and a half time. months. And, yeah. and, and reports have come out. Her it's, her, it's her, worse her, than her shingles were far worse. It was uh, about of encephalitis. A couple other relatively rare but serious side effects of shingles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's not a good situation there. You know and and. I give you a lot of grief for the crazies in your party. I don't know what to do, but the credit, I don't want to call them crazies but in my party, but the ones that are like, you're ruining d- democracy if you don't resign, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, look, a lot of people are still mad at Ian Ginsburg for not resigning under Obama. Um, yeah, you know, and I guess my point is like, Strom Thurmond was there for 150 years. Robert Byrd was there well after their facial features started to to go, go. Like, I mean, look, Bird, actually Bird, like a corpse. Bird, they were like physically wheeling out to make yeah. those. I, I mean, I think, like, you know, I, at some point you've earned the right to, to, to call it quits when you say to quits. I, and I at dis- other points you're doing a disservice to democracy. I whole. disagree with Nikki Haley that there needs to be like an age an age restriction because some people can continue to perform the job into their 90s or 100s. Some people... Well, some, some, some people, in his 90s. Yeah, some some people are, are, are going to outlive their... I'd say usefulness because that's a little cold, but easy, I, I, easy. But, but but they're, 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 they they need to go when they're sixties or seventies. It's just it's, uh, it's been on the, on well, the person. I mean, it's a mental. I guess it's a mental capacity and ability. It, it's an it's an acuity issue, right? Yes, so, like yes. you know, I think the fact that she does not know that she was gone for two and a half months to me says she's. What if she says she's going to vote a certain way? She gets on the floor and accidentally votes yes, the wrong way. I yeah. mean, like. At some point, I guess the other thing is, like, why do you want to be there? Like, if I'm that close to the end of my life, the last place I want to be is in the halls of the Capitol. Well, when I go into the deep, dark places on the Internet that are, like, ultra-left Democratic uh, places, you know, apparently it's her staff. Yeah. That refuses access, keeps her there. That, that's, that's they, been, the staff, does, they do not want to lose I mean, their that's, power. That's been said, like, in political one of the places, too. Okay. The, staff, the staff basically... 
like or a, a collective U.S. senator now, and yes, they, correct. And they like they don't have that power. That power. Yeah, which is which is also which is frightening for a whole other reason. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we read uh, fiction books about how World Wars start. Yeah, you know, because of stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, just a sad sad situation. Um, Disney. We'll go back to something more fun. Um, Disney continues to, to meatball Ron. Pile the wood on meatball Ron here. Uh, now they've announced that a billion dollar expansion of their of their kind of corporate presence in Florida that was going to be the entire Imagineering department, a bunch of a bunch of rest of their movie and theme park staffing was going to all move to uh, to Florida. Has now been announced that they're going to they're going to stay in California because of the change in, in financial and government client. Yeah, uh, or climate rather in Florida. So, and Bob Iger hinted to this in his earnings call with Disney that they were not going to take, they weren't going to take the shit from the governor's office anymore. Is basically what he said. Now, now they, they said, you know, don't worry if you love Disney, uh, Disney World, it's still going to be everything. We're still investing in the park, but it seems like for the, at least for the time being, the corporate investments they're going to make, kind of on the movie and management end, are all going to stay at Disneyland in Florida. Hmm. So I saw a clip of DeSantis speaking. He says they're going to take wokeness out of uh, schools and they're going to take wokeness out of uh, business, the business community. It's not his job to take wokeness out of the business community. It's not the government's job to tell businesses what to do within their own internal things, unless lives are at stake. Unless it's a safety thing. Job of shareholders. Yes. In the market. And then it got it all the time. Slippery slope. We're starting. It is. And to that point, that Disney was also in headlines this week, or maybe it was late last week. Um, There's a teacher being sued by a parent for showing a Disney video in class where one male character. I guess had feelings for another male character, and um, so so now the teacher is being sued. I think that was in Florida. And by, and by as well. the way, they sent a letter home telling parents we're going to do it. Correct. Yeah. And the, and and the, there's still a parent. Who, I believe the person who filed the report came forward as being a school board member. It was. And oh, now that's the superintendent right. wants to fire the teacher. As yeah. She was the board chair. There's, I, I don't know if she's anyway, I, I know she's on board. First of all, DeSantis cannot be Disney. The mouse is no. too big. Well, here's too the, many attorneys. You, you want, too many smart attorneys. You know that? Do you want to be elected to something? Okay, great. Like, if I'm running against DeSantis, I'm going to run ads. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run ads on Nickelodeon. I'm going to buy Nickelodeon and the Cartoon Network. I'm going to run ads saying, hey, kids, Mickey Mouse is in trouble because of this guy. (laughs) Tell your parents not to vote for him. That's a tool that will be useful later. Uh (laughs) I hate DeSantis, kids. Uh (laughs) I mean, why would you pick a fight with Disney over Disney's internal policy about having a pride day at their park? It's it's the dumbest fight. Uh, DeSantis, he thinks he's smarter than Bob Iger. DeSantis is dead in the water. He's coming out of the gate. You know, one thing we didn't talk about. Although is, to be fair, news leaked yesterday that he was going to make his yeah. announcement on Monday, and then Iger hit him right after with that. <laughs> well, I, you know, first of all, Bob Iger, that was a gangster move. Hat tip. One, you know, one thing we didn't talk about. We talking about state news. Is the national press who, given the choice, they will always get their interpretation of Kentucky elections wrong. Oh yeah, it's a given. Always. Yeah. And so now it's like I've done a couple of interviews where I've oh is this the I've had, had talked about it and I've had to I've had to like just tell people don't you're 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 foolish this is not what actually happened all the headlines were Trump candidate beats the Santos candidate now one thing that I would love to know anyone who's listening to this podcast if you actually received the Ron DeSantis quote unquote robocall back in Kelly Craft let me know because neither the press nor anyone else I can find knows of anyone who actually received that call. I think that it didn't go out. I have a theory on that, too. I have a theory that that the, you know, DeSantis 
super PAC is a uh, Axiom Jeffro client. My theory is that they produced the robocall, tried to get, tried to send it out. Kraft said, "Well, I'm running around telling people I'm a Trump person. Mm. Like, I, I, why would I do that?" And they just leaked it to the press because they had to record. Got it. I, I, I do not believe because even the, the, the I, I have the audio and it doesn't have a paid for at the end. Of it. it doesn't have all the language that you need for a robocall. I don't believe that it was, it was ever sent as a robocall. I think mm-hmm. it was just leaked to the press. No, no voter ever received it. And it went out the, it was the day before the election. Yeah, like that doesn't even, do you any good. Even if you're going to do it as a press hit, you had to, you, had, you need to get it out Wednesday or Thursday the week before and let it kind of sit up there and germinate. Mm-hmm. So any any press who says that this was some sort of proxy war between Trump and DeSantis is a fool. And has well, no yeah, because Trump endorsed Cameron a year ago and DeSantis yeah. endorsed Kraft two days out, yeah. out or a day out. Yeah, less than uh, a day out. I just saw Austin Horn's tweet, uh, the Mayfield, Mayfield mayor. Is going around with Andy in West Kentucky. She's a Republican mayor. She is. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So she's appearing with Andy. Interesting. Uh, so you know, she um, probably oh, had Republicans for Bashir. By the way, one thing we didn't get to in, in state news that I'm still trying to tra- track information on, but there was a executive branch ethics uh, hearing yesterday, and on the list of business to be dis- to be decided upon, I wasn't on it. Was I? Was it? No. Okay. There was another notable name. <laughs> Allison Lundergan Grimes, Ooh. and I'm told that they went into executive dis- session when it was time for that that agenda item, and that no news has been made public yet as to what they did or didn't decide during that executive session. Now I don't know what complaint this is on. There's like a four and six chance it's one of mine. I lost many against her. Executive branch ethics takes a long time to decide. So yeah, I mean odds are it's one of mine, but. <laughs> You know, my favorite turn was she when, when they when they changed. Sorry, I went to high school with her. <laughs> when they changed the law on when she when she, when she just kind of whole cloth said, "No, we're not going to give you birthdays anymore on on a voter file," because birthdays was one of the important data points that we used. They would give us birth year but not birthday, and it was one of the data points that the, that the RNC uses on the big national voter file to match. To make sure that the, that this file, like this Trey Watson, the same as this other Trey Watson, and believe it or not, you know, like if, if it's it's John John Smith, there's oh, my, a, bunch, a bunch of banging around, and, and yeah, my, and my my first name's Thomas, so yeah. Tom Smith is me. The, so. the 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 match the match rate from the file that had no birthday versus the, the previous match went down from like ninety four percent match in the low eighties, which costs which costs a lot of money. It's a lot of data wasted now. Yeah. So we got really mad about that. And uh, Jake Cox and I decided that we were talking about discipline. We sent her a different open records request every day for an entire month. And some days, you know, some days we had things we were actually wanted. Some days we were like, I don't know. See, see, if, they ever, see if they ever used one of our names in an email. <laughs> but we sent her an open records request every single day for an entire month. It was great. And they had to respond within 24 hours or give you a reason uh, why, right? No, they had 72 hours a day, three days. Okay. But, uh, yes, so was, you gummed up the Secretary of State's office for your own amusement? Well, to voice her frustration. <laughs> okay. well, she was using the data files for herself anyway, so let's not they get to... They all do. Oh, that's, that's my, my, my long-held conspiracy theory from the 2014 election is that the reason that she stopped uh, that she stopped giving out absentee ballot request information was because she was accessing it and didn't want McConnell to have it. Because hmm. used to you could open records request who'd, who'd request yeah, an yeah, yeah. and you could run an absentee ballot chase. Yeah, yeah. Twenty fourteen was the first year you didn't do that. My my fear had always been that they were uh they they were blocking McConnell and they were doing absentee ballot chases behind the scenes. I have no proof of that. That's just my again conspiracy theory. <laughs> I was busy that year. <laughs> 
Um, uh, anything Who else? else have you lobbed random <laughs> FOIA requests to? She's pretty much the only one. I mean, okay. We, I mean, we, we used to send a lot to... Well, no, it wasn't there when Bashir was in office. I was there when, when Batman was. So she was about the only one. God, it's okay. funny. It's so oh, funny. no, we, we did send a bunch to Amy Bashir's uh, office. AG's office? Yeah, when he's AG. Yeah. Uh, but not, 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 as, not as harassing as those. That was just... She pissed us off and we... <laughs> Decided to do something about it. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> we, I think we twice sent her once, like, any emails invo- involving your father, and then, like, since the last one, have you sent any more? Like, <laughs> trying to see if there was other, like, basically, I think we're trying to see what the discussion was about the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. This is what happens with Republicans, where they don't have to spend every ounce of their energy fundraising <laughs> like Democrats do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, any, anything else national news wise for the good of the order? Mm, I don't think so. No. All right. Well, let's. We got we got active racing. We're gonna talk Freakness. Uh, zero minutes to post on race six. It uh, a three to five favorite. I'm looking at that one. Um, it is the smallest Freakness field I think since the '60s, and it's just a. I heard Andy Meyer on uh, the uh, Three Corners podcast just bemoaning how weak this Preakness is. Mage is the only Derby horse running in this Preakness, which I don't think has been done in like 30 or 40 years. There's, there's been one or less horses that created the Derby also compete in the Preakness. Uh, of course, it's it's a continuation of a long, long building thing where trainers just don't like to send their horses out, you know. Especially the, two weeks after, right? Yeah, that, that. I mean, you know, if you're like running at Hollywood or Mountaineer or something, yeah, they'll, they'll run. They'll run week after week. But you know, a horse that can run the Derby or the Belmont or you know uh, races that that level, they don't like to run two weeks after. So well, I, don't, I don't know what they're gonna do about but it. But all the other, uh, they're also less likely statistically to have more than one because eight of them are dead. Oh my god! I mean, they didn't die during saying. the actual Derby. I'm just saying. Of the lineup, eight of the 20-something people, eight of trash. them are dead. No, eight so. of the 20 are dead. No, that is not true. There were six? One of them. One derby, one horse that was in the derby. Yeah, but there were six horses that, there were two horses that died derby day. Der- yeah, but they were not derby horses. I know, that's what, that's what I thought. Oh. Yeah. No, they were not horses from the derby. I did not know that. Well, well I think Abby's just concerned about horses died. There, there was, there Good was, job, There media. was one horse who was originally in the derby. Who never even made it to Derby Day? They got scratched, and that, that's kind of the that Safi Joseph, Joseph thing. We don't, we still don't know what happened. Okay, the two, he had two horses die at Churchill. We don't know if it was like bad grain or Ugh. something. Like something happened. Bad there. grain. Bad grain. Well, something you know, happened. Look, these horses. These horses have better health care than I do. Like, but, but, like, but these horses didn't die like in Florida. It was just up here. So there's some theory that maybe there was like the, the hay or something. It sounds like the the guy mucking out the stall peed on the yeah. you know, and that's what yeah, stuff. yeah. But I uh, but Baffert Baff gets busted for for drug stuff all over the country. Yeah, Safi's always been clean. He, he's got 50 horses running in Florida, no problem with any of them. He comes up here and two of like the six he brought up here drop dead. There, there's something, there's they, something funky going on there. Are they remaking the Godfather or anything? Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't think the horse is in a bed, the heads in a beds or anything, but you never know. It's still time. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I, the I, Preakness. I haven't been to the Preakness. I've been to Derby a thousand times. Been to Belmont, which was like going to a Dave Matthews concert, dressed the same. You know, like <laughs> just sit, Belmont heads, no flair, zero flair. <laughs> There is, you know, and so, I, but I have no desire to go. I've heard Freakness is like a more redneck version of the Derby Infield. 
Yes. The Preakness infield is almost Ohio University Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is, it is like yeah. people, Midwest Mardi Gras. People think, oh, Maryland's north. No, Maryland is very southern Old trash. Old state. Yeah, and they're like in, in all. Did you just call an entire state southern trash? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not watch The Wire? It's Maryland. Did you not watch The Wire? Well, Baltimore's yeah. not part There's of Maryland. Baltimore, Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's Baltimore, <laughs> Maryland. I don't, I don't have a lot of regard for Maryland. Whereas I can't travel to the country of Turkey, <laughs> Trey's going to be getting himself banned from Maryland. I'll tell that story later on. Um, it's true. I almost decided not to marry him when he said, well, there's only one country I'm, I'm banned from, and it's Turkey. And I'm Knowing like, me, it's pretty impressive it's only one country. I don't know about this. Um, I have a friend of mine who was asked to leave the city of Cincinnati. <laughs> he was driven across the river. Told him not to come back. <laughs> You know how bad it is to be that Cincinnati kick you out in the Covington? It literally was left at a Waffle House. I know where that Waffle House is. The Waffle House is like a block from the river. It's prime real estate. I'm like, why is a Waffle House here? Yeah, anyway. But I will not be smart to Waffle House. <laughs> um, Preakness, I, I guess it's mage. The, the horse I like, First Mission, just scratched tail yesterday. Pleasure horse. So I, I guess it's mage and... You know, I'll single it in the big fives or something. There you go. Um, David Thayer's going to do Bourbon Ave. Yes, he does. This is this is definitely not a plea for Bourbon. David Thayer. It is a plea for Bourbon. I know David doesn't listen to this, so <laughs> I'm not going to get to him. I'll have to text him. But yeah, uh, the John Sherman Cooper, mm-hmm. ran Kentucky Senator, yep. uh, is is out. Um, not much else. You want to talk basketball at all, Jared? I, I think it's interesting. Miami Heat was probably the worst team they've had in four years. Uh Probably are going to go to the finals. I mean, they embarrassed Boston in game one in Boston. I have to believe Boston. I mean, Tyler Hero's been out. Tyler, Tyler Hero's been out. He, you know, if they make the finals, he may be back. Um, Jimmy Butler's just insane in playoffs. Yeah, he is. He is absolutely insane. He's almost unstoppable. And Lowry is, like, realized he's a professional basketball player again. Yeah, Pat Riley told him to eat a salad every now and then. Yeah. So, which is true. Pat Riley did say that. And, ouch. Uh, <laughs> but you know LeBron and eight, you know Anthony Davis is healthy. They're playing well. Um, well, except they're not too. Well, yeah. Well, Jamal, Murray, <laughs> Jamal Murray had a heck of a revenge game last night. That's UK's Jamal Murray yes. had a heck of a revenge game last night. And uh, Joe is still the best player in basketball, and it's insane he shouldn't be. And the, uh, the Spurs win the Wimby Sweet Stakes. My favorite is everybody's like, did LeBron have this much hype? And I'm like, ESPN televises high school games. Yeah. Like, they have investigative reporters digging through that Hummer contract to see who bought him the Hummer. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, guess. He was he had more hype than that. I mean. A- Adrian Wojnarowski said that Victor Wojnarowski may be the best prospect in any sport at, of all time, which may be going too far. Uh, my man uh, Otani would like a word with that. Well, look, Ben Otani was already like a star when he came over. He wasn't a prospect. You wouldn't consider him a prospect coming out of the Japanese league? No. Okay, that's fair. Um, no, first of all, what would that's the biggest case of, uh, was it recent memory bias or whatever? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. I also still think Michael Jordan's better than LeBron. I mean, Moses Malone was a huge prospect coming out of high school. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah, among others, I mean, A-Rod coming out of high school in baseball is... Yeah, A-Rod. And, and, and Bryce Harper was the cover sports illustrator. Yeah. yeah. I, I, when I, he I, played at the Legends, I went and saw him on a Thirsty Thursday, and he got beamed and started a brawl and got thrown out. Most of the Roger Clemens game. Oh, nice. <laughs> By the way, Martha Stewart is on the cover of the swimsuit right. edition for Sports Illustrated, well, and she but, looks but, damn but good. There's, there's like six no, different... No, we can do it all, but an, no, an no, 81-year-old woman no, being on the no, cover? No, no, there's like six different women. It's like a rotating thing. Because they've also got a transgender woman on the cover, which is like, okay... Um, Giselle, I don't care about Giselle, any of those. I care about Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart being on that cover because she was. Most people don't know she was a model before she was a lifestyle expert. She's. I mean, she, yeah, she's eighty-one. She, I mean, she's she the first influence. Great. She, she was the first um, influence. She got trimmed in prison. Yeah, she that's true. Yeah, she did. She, uh, it's true. She's hanging out. Snoop Dogg in front of her. She didn't rap. She comes out of prison hanging with Snoop Dogg. She's a gangster and she taught me almost everything I know about cooking So yeah. because my mother did not. So I, I'm, I'm very proud of her <laughs> being on the cover. I think it's really cool. Orange is the new black. You know? it's, a great, it's a great statement, too, for so. women. It, you know, social media is really hard for, for women now. And, and yeah, I thought, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing well, just for my folks. It's kind of morphed from what it was back in the day where it was like something that, you know, the teenage boys tried to sweat out of. Yeah, because we didn't have internet. Yeah, we didn't have internet back in the day. (laughs) And now it's more like a... They're like it's more a photography slash like women empowerment thing versus kind of what it used to be, I think. It's just smoking hot chicks on the cover. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Anything else, Jared? Abby? No? I'm good. No F1 race. I'm bummed. Manchester United plays at 10 a.m. tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. If you haven't seen the new Bashir portrait, maybe take, check that out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, haven't seen, I, I, I haven't seen it. And he's based in, off what you and Ryan Underwood said, I'm not going to watch it. He's in jeans, like tight, tight tuck, tight tuck uh, uh, game shirt. He doesn't have jeans. one of his thumbs. <laughs> they didn't draw the other thumb. Maybe it's some sort of statement. It's like, is there, is there some sort of like. Do you go? I mean, what? Is there some sort of like thing that not that like drawing a picture of a person with a thumb means like I don't know. It's so much. It's so much. I I don't know. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> best the best portrait. Even Sonka. Even Sonka teased it. So the best portrait in all of Frankfurt. If you're ever lucky enough to go to the governor's mansion, go go look at Phyllis George's. That's it. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that's what I always wondered about uh, Joe Kraft. If he if Kelly Kraft had won, like he'd do the first gentleman. <laughs> like, is he gonna get the doll? <laughs> I mean, you have to at that point, right? I can I can see Joe being like, "What? No, no, no." <laughs> I'm gonna go watch UK practice now. Uh, all right, well, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back probably midweek next week because then we got the Memorial Day weekend next week. But uh, we'll be back next week another Thank You Politics Weekly. As always, you can get us wherever you stream podcasts. Get us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. We'll see you next week.